Welcome to Forward Talks, a podcast by Gumbuk about moving towards sustainability in our region and beyond. I'm Tatiana Antonelli, and I hope you're continuing to stay safe and listening to this from the comfort of your home. Our guest today is Maria Silampa, founder of Sustainability Advisory, which is set up as an international network of sustainability specialists. We spoke to Maria many weeks ago, before the coronavirus restrictions were in place in Dubai, when they released their report, Conscious Consumer UAE State of Play 2019. This was a first-of-its-kind survey in the UAE, with 1,300 respondents to understand how important sustainability is to the UAE consumer and how it affects their consumer behavior. Maria is originally from Finland and has been in sustainability and corporate social responsibility all her life. She moved to Dubai in 2007 to set up sustainability advisory in the country. 12 years ago, um, awareness of the concept sustainability was relatively low. Um, and I guess the kind of first movers um, in terms of companies were those in the kind of high risk sectors. So, for instance, oil and gas. So, if you look at, for instance, the um, ad hoc. Uh, family of companies, they were probably one of the very early reporters in sustainability reporters in this space. But those companies were still, I guess, kind of few and far between. Mostly executives were talking about CSR back in that day. And by CSR, I guess, um, the focus, focus was quite often on charitable activity, community involvement, um, just kind of foundation work, and slightly ad hoc initiatives. It was something that, you know, the CSR department somewhere there took care of it. It wasn't my business as an HR executive or procurement executive or whatever I did. It was somebody else's responsibility. Um, it was about doing good. Um, but this is going to start to shift where companies are beginning to say a clear difference between CSR and then sustainability. Ten years ago, if you said climate change, it would have gone into the environmental bucket. But now people see it clearly that, you know, climate change is not an environmental issue only. It's environment, it's social, it's, it's economic. Um, so you need to look at it through a more holistic, more strategic lens. Who do you think is now driving the change opposed to before? Good question. Very good question. Um, I think most of the change is still happening, um, what I would say, behind the scenes. And by behind the scenes, um, I would, I mean, sort of B2B. B2B is um, in that sector. The drivers are very significant and they are very closely business aligned. So when an international big corporation comes into, into this region and say they're looking for a logistics company, their um, tendering process will very specifically have sustainability in there. So they are coming in um, in a way that are not necessarily um, hugely visible to everyday consumer. Um, so that I see a lot. I'm seeing investors driving 
um, quite a bit of especially big projects in in this region. So if we're looking at, for instance, what's happening in in Saudi at the moment with the, not just the mega projects, but the kicker projects. Mm -hmm. Funding is coming from, let's say, the World Bank or you know, through IFC, um, International Finance Corporation. They have very, very strict due diligence um, processes that include social and environmental issues. During the last couple of years, um, we've also seen um, companies in the consumer, kind of fast-moving consumer sector and retail, beginning to move, yeah? And kind of following, I suppose, the, the, the footsteps of their corporate headquarters. And um, so often, if you look at companies like, say, for instance, IKEA, They've had a very, very robust sustainability program for a number of years at corporate, corporate level. Um, and now that's sort of trickling down to regional level. And, you know, that I can, I can see that with many companies, you know, the Unilevers and Ikeas, et cetera, et cetera. They're beginning to, to um, look at what does it look like regionally? What do we need to do? Finally, <laughs> if I can add that. Alhamdulillah. Um, I've noticed that you mentioned um, many times the word consumer. Mm. And so far, it, it seems that we haven't given the consumer the right uh, voice. And, um, and this is just, you know, to a bit introduce the fact that you recently conducted a, a groundbreaking study uh, named Conscious Consumer UAE, State of Play 2019, the first of its kind in the UAE. And so you've also, you know, given out a lot of interesting uh, data on what the consumer in the UA today is expecting from these big companies and these uh, uh, big names who have hidden agendas in sustainability that we're not aware of. And some, somehow you're saying we can't see what's happening, but there is a lot happening. So tell us more. What is what are we expecting or what do we want or what is it that we are happy about sometimes? Are we happy about anything? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a, a bit of background on, on, on the study. I think the, the, the study was born out of, um, well, our individual passion for sustainability and kind of passion to advance the sustainability agenda in this country and in this region. Um, the, the, the core team behind this, um, we've lived here for a number of years, and so we're kind of not part of, I suppose, a the, the transient community kind of coming and going, but we're here, this is our home. And um, I'm keen to contribute, contribute to um, building the nation in, 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 in a sustainable way. And um, the, so the passion is, is there. The frustration came from... I guess, from numerous conversations with both public sector representatives and business executives, where we were advocating that, you know, the consumer um, behaviours are changing um, and um, people will be expecting companies and um, public sector organisations to behave differently. And there was a lot of pushback um, here um, people were saying, it's not true here. People don't care. <laughs> and our everyday experience as individuals from our own friends and family and network and what we just saw with our own eyes 
um, told us a different story. There was no data, there was no um, no, no statistics available, um, and and you know, typically, if if UAE or a so I say Saudi featured in the international studies, they didn't tend to kind of be a footnote in that study. Um, so we didn't have any. There, there wasn't a benchmark, and um, because this was the, the the first study here, we invested a lot of. Um, time and effort in the qualitative phase, so that you know we could really understand what people thought about this. Not just you know sit in our own office and write a survey, but talk to people. So we organised a whole string of what what we call discovery cafes, which is um, basically a form of focus groups, but slightly more more informal method methodology. Um, um, nine of those in different Emirates um, had um, 150 participants um, talking about this topic. Um, so over 25 hours of, of conversation, um, which was then analysed and based on that, we designed um, an online survey, which we ran last year. Okay, so this was a, a pre-phase to understand exactly how to formulate the survey. So it seems that we've come to the point where our DRM is the one that is voting somehow um, for the businesses and the products that we like. But could you share with us some statistics? So I guess the kind of the first, the starting point um, is, is the first insight was that we found these characters. <laughs> Conscious <laughs> consumers do exist. Um, and um, people are very, very keen. They they committed to sustainable lifestyle. So, uh, incredibly high number, like ninety seven percent, said yes. We committed to 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 at least a degree. We committed to a sustainable lifestyle. Okay. The, um, there's the, there's a but there is that it's always easy to say yes. I'm committed to. So the whole kind of if you talk to um, market researchers, they would get oh yeah, that's a socially desirable answer. You would say that you're committed because that's what you expect. Um, uh, that you know you you expect you to answer, but the rest of it then is exploring. Okay, so the commitment's there. How does it manifest? How real is that commitment? So then, if you drill down in terms, of, you know, if you ask people, um, how are they actively seeking for alternative products and services? How active are you? Are you comparing, contrasting what you're buying, what you're consu consuming? Almost 60% of people said that yes. So it went down already by a 30%. It, it did, but, but if you think that it's almost 60%, that's a significant number. Just to put things into perspective, so uh, what was the total amount of people who took oh, the survey? The, um, for the quantitative, um, 1,300. So we were really, really pleased Um and were you able to track them? So do you know where they were, if, which Emirates? We did. So across all the Emirates, um, mostly most of them Dubai and Abu Dhabi, but they're kind of the big Emirates anyway in, in terms of population, But um, and over 90 nationalities. So we are, we are happy about how representative the results are, for, especially for a benchmark. Diving into the level of commitment. Um, so the commitment's there. People are looking for alternatives, that's for sure. But then when you ask, have you rejected any brands or products or specific services, then almost 80% of people say yes. That is very, very high. Mm -hmm. So that's a sort of clarion bell to businesses going, guys, 
people are rejecting your product and choosing alternatives actively. Um, and over 80% of people said that they've knowingly paid more for these alternatives. People don't think that it's fair that they have to pay more for more sustainable alternatives, but they still have. So product A, product B, B is more sustainable, it's more expensive, 80% of people, over 80% of respondents are still saying, I still buy it. Showing commitment to That yeah. is high. Um, and although we haven't done a systematic comparison with international um, results, but just looking looking at some of the key results, um, this is very high. And then um, there's a frustration um, which is very strong, and I, I guess stronger than, um, for instance, in many markets in in um, Europe, about the availability of alternatives, um, whether products or services. So. People want more, and they're not finding it. Um, they're finding um, finding it difficult to find information about where to get alternative products, and just a range of alternative products that are available. Um, this is frustration. One of the um, strongest reflections of the level of commitment is that there is a smaller group of people who are saying we're now making our own products because we're not finding the alternatives, we've started to make products. So, um, so the kind of, this is sort of the deep green eco-warriors, um, but both during the quantitative conversations and the quantitative survey, it was clear that the, this group is there and they're very vocal. Are you able to quantify this group? Um, well, when we asked about whether people are buying or making eco-friendly um, uh, cleaning products or toiletries, for instance, that was over one third. Wow. Um, and in the qualitative phase, um, we came across a lot of these people who were making their um, cleaning products, their toiletries, toothpaste, shampoo, but also... Um, the whole kind of dynamic of refusing. Um, so, for instance, people stopping to to order in cooking themselves more. So that's a kind of refusal, uh, and I'm not going to order in because of the overpackaging. And these zero waste people are are, are certainly there. Um, so, to an extent, you know, there might be a sustainable product in terms of, say, a cleaning product that that would be acceptable, but because it's in plastic bottle, then they go, well, I'm just going to make it myself, sorry. So that that's a very, very strong indication. That, um, and there are kind of clubs out there sharing this information of, of how to, um, and obviously on social media as well. All in all, then kind of that leads to um, people feeling very strongly that businesses must offer more solutions, but also the frustration about how trustworthy consumers feel that the information given by businesses is at the moment. So it was difficult in terms of labeling or information to understand how do you make assessments about what's sustainable and what's not. Talking about labeling, there's something that I'd love to ask you. Did anyone in this survey um, express the desire of having an entity that could, you know, um, audit all these brands or somehow reassure 
as a right of the consumer that what they're saying is actually true. When I say this is, you see everywhere, 100% natural ingredients. What does that mean, you know? I mean, sometimes you see that on a bottle of milk. It's like, yeah, well, where do, should my milk come from? Of course, it should be 100% natural. So there's a lot of somehow greenwashing going on. Well, I, th I think a couple of things um, that we heard. One is um, that people want stricter regulation in, um, in many, many uh, respects, but marketing was one of them. So give us credible, trustworthy information. For instance, one of the one of the um, slightly unnerving results was that when we asked people to name brands or, or companies that they trusted and respected for their sustainability practices, only 36% were able to mention one brand. And was it any brand recurrent? <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there was a fairly wide range of of, um, of companies and brands that they were were referred to. But the number of respondents who were able to say, yes, I respect this company, was extremely low. Um, so trust levels are quite low. What is your role now with this information? So will you or have you already approached government bodies, authorities and uh, standardization authorities into trying to make them understand this? The We're in the process, absolutely in the, in the process of. So as I said earlier, our, um, one of the key reasons for doing this was not just to generate insight, but to find a pathway to action. So what we're doing right now is, is reaching out to organizations, both in the private and public sectors. Um, and what we're offering is specific workshops to kind of work through the detail of these findings and help organizations to re reflect on, on these results. What are the action points? How can we act? Where are the quick wins? What are the um, longer term, longer term goals that we can pursue? So that that's one, and helping them to kind of not just to explore the results, but then um, prioritize and move to action. So kind of collaborative um, innovation and, and um, innovation sessions to create solutions. What? are for you the most pressing points of 2020? Um, commitment from world leaders. It really needs to happen. And we see this with, um, for instance, climate change, with Paris Agreement, etc., etc. The you know, short-term political interests um, prevent real collaborative action. Final note, um, I think one of the positive insights coming from from this is that um, although consumers um, want businesses and government to do more, they also accept their own responsibility and see this as a joint responsibility. So there, there isn't, this is not just about finger, finger pointing, that you know, somebody else is going to save the world um, and I don't need to do anything. People accept that um, everybody needs to contribute and work together. And, and that's, um, that's very, very encouraging. Um, and it's completely in line with, you know, sustainable development goals um, in terms of SD, SDG 17, which is all about partnering for sustainability. Um, and this is why, this is one of the reasons why we did this. We want to kind of inform that dialogue and that collaboration specifically in UAE. This is where we are. 
um, these are the key issues that are emerging from consumers. Let's now act. You can find a link to the Conscious Consumer UAE report in our show notes if you'd like to check it out. And we'd love to hear what you think. Contact us on Instagram at Boombook, on LinkedIn, or on our site, boombook.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode. You can find all of our previous episodes in your favorite podcast player, as well as on the web at boombook.com slash podcast. Thank you. Thank you.